everybody. Welcome back to Real Ripe and Real Rotten. This is a podcast where we look at the highs and lows of your favorite Hollywood celebrities. We use Rotten Tomatoes to determine the best and the worst film in someone's filmography, and then we talk about them. However, another year has passed, and we're back at the Oscars. So we're going to be doing the highest and uh, lowest-rated Oscar films from 2019. Clay, is it is it the 2019 Oscars or the 2020 Oscars? I always I always hate when. Um, Do you know? I think it's 2020. I think it's what they call them. Even though you're you're yeah. judging 2019, you call them the 2020 Oscars. Right. I think they do it. I I, th- I assume it's similar to the way that sports teams do except it, except for baseball. Because that's why baseball is the uh, superior sport, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Not after the Astros <laughs> got taken down, uh, and the Red Sox by proxy. Um, yeah. I actually. That's a good question. I always assumed it was similar to that. So it's like if you win the Stanley Cup. In February of twenty or May of twenty twenty, you are the twenty nineteen champions. Oh, is that how they call it? I, th- I, th- I feel like it's I the other be, way. I think I honestly, I you know what you know what it is. I think uh, it probably is twenty twenty because when the schedules are referred to as like the twenty nineteen twenty twenty schedule. Yeah. So I don't. It's know. confusing. No it's idea. unnecessary. They should yeah. call this the twenty nineteen Oscars. But anyway, we're going to be talking about the highest and the lowest I think, rated. I think they. That's probably why they just refer to it as the number. Yeah, it's like the annual. Super Bowl. Yeah, the hundred fifty seventh yeah. or whatever Oscars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Parasite, which is the highest rated of the twenty nineteen films. It is a twenty nineteen South Korean black comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon Ho, who also wrote the film's story and co wrote the screenplay with Han Jin Won. Uh, in this movie. It follows the members of a poor household scheming to become employees of a much wealthier family by posing as unrelated, unqualified individuals. At the 92nd Academy Awards, which is the one we're talking about, the film earned six nominations. I just looked it up. I just looked it up. It is 2020. Okay. The uh, six nominations are Best Picture, or they include Best Picture, Best Director, Best International Feature Film, making it the first South Korean film to be nominated in those categories. At the 77th Golden Globes, it won for Best Foreign Language and received four nominations at the 73rd British Academy Film Awards. So we're going to talk about this one. It's on Rotten Tomatoes at 99%. It is uh, mm. the critics' consensus is an urgent, brilliantly layered look at a timely social theme. Parasite finds writer-director Bong Joon-ho in near total command of his craft. Audience scores at 93%. Critics are at 99% out of 355 reviews at this point. Damn. Um, yeah. So, I, I, Clay, I guess we can get right into it because we're not going to be doing... I was thinking about cutting out clips, but I think that since maybe sub 1% of our listeners speak Korean, it might not work very well to play clips. So this is going to be a clipless episode of the show. We're just going to go through it. No trailer, no clips, just us talking. So, um, Parasite. Sounds like it's full of prejudice, though. <laughs> I'm living above you as we're podcasting right now. You watched this last night at the theater? I did, yes. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see it in the theater because it's still in the theater in, in smaller places. I mean, I'm, I think it's probably going to be in there for a while after uh, uh, being nominated for Best Picture. But yeah, I uh, saw it in the theater. Beautiful, big pro- uh, digital projection. Looked amazing. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, and I can tell you, as as an artist, uh, that the black square that you draw on the bottom of your painting is an encapsulation of your current mental state. The black square? Yeah, that's remember which that's what she says to the oh, kid. Oh, on his painting. Uh, about the kids painting. Yeah. The kids. yeah. <laughs> I um I watched this on Amazon because it came out on Amazon. So we, I watched the uh the suboptimal version, I guess. I I watched it the way Bong Jun Ho intended uh, to watch it. <laughs> I'm on my <laughs> Apple Watch at eleven o'clock at night. 
Um, I didn't know anything about this one. I mean, I guess to, Me to go through the Oscar nominations, the best picture the year, uh, this year are Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite, which is an interesting mix of films. Um, this is the highest rated, although it's a pretty good year in general. Uh, they're all they're obviously all Best Picture yeah. nominees, but they're all very highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Not like last year, that was block. more spread. Yeah, that's a solid block of movies right there. And I mean, I have only seen, I've seen The Irishman, I've seen Joker, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I've seen Parasite. But my understanding of the other ones is that they are all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 1917 is getting a lot of uh, late heat, I guess. It came out fairly recently, but it's also, it seems like the kind of thing that mm. the Academy would reward. But it's a good mix of films. Um, and Parasite is the one that we're going to be talking about here. So it's subtitled. It's in Korean. It is a film about a family usurping another wealthy family's uh, belonging or sort of life, like moving in and taking over the space of people previously there. What would you think of Parasite? I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. This guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Bong Joon. Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Dude is a monster. Like he he's made some really good movies. Uh, he made a movie called The Host a few years ago, uh, which is a, a monster movie that was really good. Uh, he did Snowpiercer, which I didn't love, but I appreciate. And he did a movie called Memories of a Murder. I think Memories of Murder. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. That was that's really good. It's a, it's a really interesting detective story. Um, and it's yeah, he he's a good director. Um, and I, yeah, I I went into this. I somehow managed to not. I don't even think I saw a trailer for this movie. Honestly, you probably don't show it. The, the trailers I saw are in Korean, so it's hard to see them. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw the poster, and the poster was suitably dark enough that I was expecting. It really caught me off guard because, based on the name and the poster, I was expecting something a lot darker, a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And um, a thread on Reddit that I saw that was at, uh, someone asked if it was a scary movie, and I had never even considered that. And people said it's not scary; it's just eerie. Well, there's one part that's pretty fucking scary. Wait, what part? When that dude. When the dude pokes his head up over the stairs and you just see his eyes, oh, sure, that's yeah. scary. That's scary. <laughs> but as hell. you know it's coming, I guess. It's not like right. a, it, yeah, 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 it's it's very uh, freaky, but it's not like a terrifying, strange uh, right. jump yeah. scare or anything. Um, but yeah, I had no idea what this was about, um, and I was very surprised at how funny it was. And there was a certain point in it where I was like, "Okay, this is really good. It's funny." Uh, the the uh, mechanisms of the con that the family are pulling off are really interesting. I if this is all it is, like if it's just going along this pathway for the rest of the movie, I will be totally fine. And then they find the secret door in the basement. Yep. And I was like, okay, here we go. Now we're talking. And uh, yeah, it got suitably weird after that, and uh, has a pretty amazingly brutal bloody climax and i thought i just thought it was great and um i mean yeah the the scene with the the flooding is amazing um the end shot where where uh they pull back and it's just a a fantasy of the kid writing a letter to his dad was was brutal it's just it's great i think it's a really really well-made movie yeah i've gone through um i've gone through waves of what i think about this one and it's it's interesting because to me, I was actually somewhat surprised that it feels to me like a Korean Jordan Peele film. Sure, I can see and, that, definitely. And yeah. I was surprised by that. I thought, like, it's actually less 
um, startlingly unique than I was expecting. It's fair, like mm-hmm. it, not to say that it's not well made or anything, but it's it's more traditional than I was expecting it to really be. I thought it was going to be some sort of out there, like never seen before perspective on it. And right, if I have like I think that it's really really well done, and I think that he's fantastic as a director, and I think that he um his control of pace is really impressive here because he manages to tell you the setup is them getting their family involved in this wealthy families group right so he tells these Mm -hmm. uh four fairly repetitious stories of how each family member finds their way into the employment of this rich family and Mm -hmm. the film never drags He he does a really good job of um, the last one when they do it is a montage. It breaks into a montage scene, and so you, you cover a lot of ground very quickly in it as opposed to watching the entire story re- repeat over and over again. And mm-hmm. I think that the switch that you're talking about when they find the secret room in the basement, you can kind of tell that it's a well-directed, well-made film because when the tone shifts and the story moves in a totally different direction, it doesn't feel wrong that it's doing that. Right. And he yeah. has like a total control over how he wants this movie to look how it feels, how funny it is. It's funny in a very unexpectedly American way. Like, I'm surprised that the humor Mm. translates so effectively uh, over the borders and from, like, a Korean perspective into an American perspective. But I guess we're more similar cultures than anything at this point, judging by cell phone use and things like that. But (laughs) I I liked it. I do have qualms, but we can talk about what really works with it first, I guess. And most, most of the technical aspects really work for me and I think are really well done. Yeah, I think it's beautifully shot. Um, I think his use, uh, his visual storytelling, I think is fantastic, where you've got the poor family, quote unquote poor family, literally living in a basement, you know, subterranean basement, and then the house of the rich people is actually elevated above the street, which is really nice. Um, the, The sequence when they're walking home in the rain is just and they're just like walking deeper and deeper into the you know going downstairs into you know the bowels of the city. Yeah, more, more is, and more junk great. is piling up as they're they're walking away from the rich house into the slums of wherever they're moving to. You mentioned Jim thought that um, that it was the height of symbolism. Is that a is that a comment on what actually happens in it, or he thought that it is the it's the the film achieving the height of its symbolism? Well, he was he was saying that if they had stopped there and not go, and not kept going with it as far as like the last 10 uh, 20 minutes of the movie as far as turning it into a knife fight and stuff, then he would have been like completely satisfied with the way it had gotten its message across. Yeah. Uh not that not that he didn't like it, but it was it's sort of like a uh, he called it the uh like the 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 bladed weapon version of a Mexican standoff mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> And um, but yeah, I thought I, I thought the the storytelling was great. It's got a, it's kind of a few different movies in one. It feels like because the the first half up until they more or less up until they discover the people in the basement, it feels like kind of like a Hitchcock movie a bit, and that's intentional, I think, because I was reading a few things and they were uh, saying that that was a big influence on this stuff. But it's just a really well put together con movie. Yep. Um, Hitchcock some... movies are framed in one of the shots, actually, when he shows right, a, yes. a picture of the old, um, the person who lived in the house before the current family that lives there, live there. There's mm-hmm. a, a shelf next to it and Hitchcock movies are on it. Right. Um, and it's just a, it's, it's, uh, it's a well put together con. Uh, the mechanics of it are fun. 
Uh, it's got that uh, the scene where they have to sneak out of the house is really great. Um, and I kind of didn't know where it was going to go from that point, uh, even though I think that happens after they discover the, the tunnel. But uh, yeah, it must. Um, but still, I wasn't totally sure where it was going to go. So I, I was along, definitely along for the ride on this one. And uh, uh, I was pleasantly surprised at where it did go. I like the um, I like the first I like the first half. They're, they are very different movies on each side of the split of when they, they discover the people in the basement. Um, the first half is surprisingly funny. It is... To me, like, I actually, I think that I like the movie more if they had kept going with the first part of the movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, fun, like, fundamentally, the problem that I have with this one is that I am, um, in contrast to something like Jordan Peele's Get Out, right, I don't know if this movie really told me anything. Like, it didn't... um it didn't give me a different perspective in the way that Get Out gave me a different perspective as a white guy watching a movie about racism. Like what I thought mm-hmm. Get Out's greatest accomplishment was that it it framed racism in a way that you never really thought about and made it symbolic in a way that was obviously them commenting on racism, but it felt different at that time. Like you never, you, you know, meet, meeting up with the uh, the very liberal like guy who tells you about supporting Obama endlessly and right, like seeing things right. like that through a certain perspective where it's not outright racism, but it's this weird universe that black people exist in in relationship to white people. This mm-hmm. one, I don't feel it did that. Like, I don't feel it really changed my perception on anything. And what I liked about the initial part of the movie was that Early on, the the middle class family, we'll call them the um the not the Parks, the Kims, the Kims are are very unlikable in the first half of this movie, which is really right. interesting. And they are people who are largely leeching off and parasitic of the Parks, who are the the wealthy family. Mm-hmm. And the wealthy family is portrayed as kind of gullible and ignorant and not really all that bright in what they're doing. And they're being taken advantage of by this other family who has kind of wormed their way into their lives. And I thought that that was a really interesting comment on something. The movie turns, and while I don't think it has like this overarching point of what it's saying about class struggle besides the fact that everybody is fighting, I feel like when they turn it and they make it more that the wealthy family are villainous as well— it feels more traditional at that point, even though I think what he's doing is just saying that the class warfare is constantly going on from all angles at, at that mm-hmm. point. And even the introduction of the basement family doesn't really save it. It adds an interesting wrinkle, which is that um, one of the interesting things about class struggle is that the lower class tiers are constantly fighting with each other to get into the upper class tier uh, right. with the wealthy families and right. i like that but I, I was really just surprised that he portrayed the kims as so unlikable in the early half well i i don't know if i would say that the upper class family is portrayed as villainous really in any way i think they eventually think... get there because they, they they have all those those really sledgehammer uh, like i was commenting before uh we had a broken connection earlier but i was commenting about jim's thing about the symbolism i feel the movie is not very subtle in a lot of ways like they talk about the stench of poor people repeatedly Right. And that's when they start really harping on that. And I feel that the, the wealthy family is portrayed more as a cruel and not really understanding what is going on beneath them type of villain at that point. They're not They're I, not outright villains, but they're not great people. See, I don't think that they're cruel, though. I think that they're just oblivious. Mm-hmm. And I th- and which is what's 
which causes the the Kims to react a lot a lot negatively, and it comes off in a in a in a uh, sort of negative manner. But I don't I don't think that they're uh, portrayed necessarily as bad people at all. I think it's just a matter of they, you know, the uh, uh, there's the scene towards the end when they're throwing the impromptu birthday party for the kid and they're intercutting it with the Kim family having to pull their life back together after the flood. And, you know, the, the mother is talking about how great it is that it rained so much and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing that to, to be evil. And I don't think that they're being portrayed as evil. I think it's just a, an obliviousness based on the separation of the classes yep. is what is what is breeding the contempt uh, based uh, coming from the Kim family. I, I guess I'd um, argue they're, they're so oblivious as to, as to be cruel. Like the, the stench thing, they're constantly mentioning it. They're like, what is that stink around here? You know what I mean? In the presence of the Kims. Yeah, they're only doing it in the presence of the Kims because they don't know the Kims are there. Because the, the the only time that they talk no, about no, she's in the she's when, in the car getting driven around by him, and she yeah, opens the she window. she acknowledges that there's a smell. She doesn't say anything. She just opens the window. Okay. And the only reason that Kim reacts to it is because he was there for that conversation when it was had. Yes, and um, which is which and, is because they're oblivious that they don't realize what this is, what the stench is coming from them. I mean, I think that they are. Their callousness is as much of a... They're equally villainous compared to the Kims, I think, in a different way. Like, the, the ignorance is the creation of the... Villain is the wrong word, but the, 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 their ignorance is the reason that there's any kind of conflict whatsoever. Sure, sure, yeah. And I think it's... I, I, I think the... Uh, their obliviousness is... You know, it's 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 negative in it's as negative as anything in that it is clearly uh, what's the word um, like it's 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 blissful ignorance. You know, yes. they're they're not making any chance. To, they're not making any attempt to cross cross boundaries or anything, or really even connect to these people. In they any st- way. they stay the on their side they, of the line, as the the father says frequently. Right, and the only reason that they do talk to them is because they don't think that they're poor people. Like, they'd never let them into the house to teach their kids and shit if they knew that they were poor. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do they... Yeah, I guess because they're posing as semi-educated intellectuals. At least the kids are. Um, the housekeeper and the, the father are portrayed as probably a little bit more lower class or something like that. But, but even that, still, they're from uh, high-class services. Yes. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably a Korean reference that we're not familiar with um i guess i don't know i mean i feel like that would translate fairly well you know if you were looking for a driver or a house cleaner and you had a fewer people on the up and up and you had a card for a high class cleaning service then yeah i think that i think that translates more or less sure but the people working for that high class service aren't upper class your your maid is not making money uh, you know what i mean like the, the maid is still sure. someone who's uh, fairly low paid at that point so i see yeah um I, I think that they're the 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 basement family functions interestingly because they are the lowest of the low uh, because they're literally on the bottom they're in the they're in the basement at the point mm-hmm. at the point of this movie and I think one of the things that it did really well was just to show the struggle between those two and how much the lower families are willing to fight with each other to get into the good graces of the the wealthier family and yeah and in and, and they do that in the complete 
ignorance of the the wealthy people. Right. That because yeah. yes, every, the, the wealthy people are kind of above everything, and they like the father has a line about everyone needs to stay in their lanes. I think the funniest joke in it is when um. The daughter leaves her panties behind, and so the father thinks that the driver is having sex with someone in his car, and mm. is, <laughs> and, but he's only concerned about it being in his seat. He didn't want yes, it to happen yeah. in his seat. It could be, <laughs> why didn't he just do this in the front seat? Yes, uh, yeah. And that's very funny, but that speaks to how those characters define themselves and like what they view as important and everything like that. I would agree with you that they're, no one is really a villain. They're all various shades of... Um, good and bad mixed together combining and clashing to make this overall conflict but i Mm. think that early on the kims are much more portrayed as the weasels of this just because of what they're doing to get into sure yes yeah definitely i think so uh and outside of that it flips at the halfway point it goes the other way i think and it makes everything a little bit more um convoluted and you start to gain sympathy for the kims in a way that wasn't there earlier as the turn in the story at least in like terms of what the conflict is at that point yeah i think ultimately you know it, it's they are uh portrayed as sort of uh, as sort of weaselly but at, at the end at the uh at the bottom of it all it's just they're just trying to support their family yes and then ultimately they they do it through uh, nefarious means. So when they kind of switch it on you and kind of make you feel bad for them and it ultimately ends in a more uh, uh, depressing, pathetic angle for the Kims, I still think it kind of works. I, like I, I, I think the, the, the birthday party shenanigans work decently well in that it's it's – it it requires the Kims to uh, come out, uh, face consequences, but also come out of the sort of fantasy they've been living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they, I mean, they it's it, it, I think it would be tough to 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 go the whole way without making you feel a, a little empathetic at all towards the Kims. I mean, that would kind of be that would kind of be mean. It it, it is <laughs> tough, but I think that's a more like I I think this is a very 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 good movie right what mm-hmm. i what i think is what i think was going on when you have 355 positive reviews on rotten tomatoes is that the i think the reason this movie is so well received above and beyond um you know by going to a 99% movie with that many ratings and stuff like that is that i wonder how much of the politics of this appeal to the journalism of movies Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and what was really surprising to me was I was like, I thought for the first half of the movie, it was like, oh, they're they're playing the middle or lower class family as more villainous. That hardly ever happens in movies. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a strange parasitic um, symbolism or metaphor, as the kid is like uh, wants to say the whole time in the movie. I was really surprised by that. So when it reverted to more of a traditional class uh, class warfare is like on all sides, I was a little bit less impressed with it just because i was not expecting it to go so traditional at that point and to take such a an accepted um viewpoint of what the class struggle is between each other yeah you were just hoping it would show how dirty and awful poor people are exactly well that would have been a that would have been an interesting that's an interesting decision to do like you never see movies like that it's the same with um do you know whiplash yes the drum movie Whiplash is really only interesting to me as a movie because it endorses the view that's very 
unsympathetic at this point that a certain amount of abuse can create greatness. You know, and that's like a really novel idea in a movie. And I think you could argue that it does happen in some cases. And I was expecting this to go the same way, but it didn't. I, but I do at the same time like the way that they approach the story later on. It's not that it's bad. It's just not what I was really expecting or I was surprised by its turn into more of a, um, like a, a sort of populist idea about class struggle at that point. Well, I, I did like that they, uh, the, the, parasitic relationship ultimately goes both ways it does yep and because you know as, as they show the their the high class family is is essentially useless without the uh help of these people who are just fighting for table scraps essentially yes. they were, they were, um, the wealthy family is fairly broken at this point um and they kind of rely on the middle they they talk a lot to their employees they they find a comfort in them that they don't seem to find mm. from each other and it you know, it plays up the whole the uh, the youngest son is in all kinds of like trauma counseling courses and stuff. It's very much taking the piss out of like what the wealthy people will do uh, when they have an option to not be scurrying around looking for free Wi-Fi signals. It, it makes fun of them in that range, but they they are parasitic because they need the Kims to be whole in a lot of ways. Like the Kims show them something that they don't seem to be able to find on their own. Yeah, and it, there's there's one thing that I found really interesting was that. When it comes to showing the family or showing the families, you very rarely see all of the par- – is it the parks? The parks of the rich people, right? Parks of the rich, yep. Yeah. You very rarely see all of the parks in a scene together at the same time. You, you um, barely you get s- any good shots of the kid, the kid's face. He's always right. running around in the background, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's very, you know The house is very big. They don't spend a lot of time together in there. Um except for when they're going camping. But even there, you don't really... I don't even think you see... Don't see the maybe father you, in that shot. Yeah, yeah, maybe you get a shot of all four of them in the car, but I don't think you do. No, I don't think um, you do. You see the mother and the kid in the back seats, I think, and there's two others that you're not seeing. Yeah, whereas you have a lot of time spent with all four of the of the members of the Kim family. And they so eat, it's an eat a lot again. of dinners together, yeah. They, they yeah. eat food together, yeah. yeah. And they get smashed on other people's liquor together as yeah. well. <laughs> but it's, um, it's another great instance of visual storytelling where they're showing how this family is fairly separate. And it's they seem to be throwing a lot of money at the problems that their family has without really addressing what it is to be a family. Like they, they, even though that, you know, the, the husband and wife have sex later in the movie, they imply that the husband doesn't even really like the wife. Yes. Yeah. He laughs every time, uh, Mr. Kim says, do you, you love her? Of course. So therefore everything's going to work out. He says, yes, very sarcastically. Yeah. The fam, the Kim family is more of a family, whereas the park family is more of an asset, I guess, or maybe assets, not the right word, but like it's a, uh, it's it's just it's a it's another thing for the uh, for the the wealthy people to have is like you need to have a family. You yeah, know? the money is actually interfering with the family life of the parks because the father is always away on business. Uh, the mother has her son in therapy and things like that, so he's taken away from her because of tutoring and things like that. So mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. their their ability to pay for services are actually separating them as a family in a way that the poor family is not because they have to work together to fold pizza boxes or just eat dinner and things like that or right. or live in a right. very tiny apartment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was I thought it was an interesting way to present the two families and, and, and they don't they don't ever like talk about it. Like, you know, I think in a less a lesser movie there's a scene where somebody mentions that, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, but they didn't. They just they 
they kept that element of it fairly subtle, and I think it works pretty well. But do, do you not? Um, I, I would say that the movie is overly um, overt in what it's talking about. Did you did you not have a problem with that? Like, I find it not a very subtle movie, and I was surprised by how unsubtle it was. Yeah, I mean, it's not particularly subtle overall, but I I don't necessarily think it has to be. Yeah, um, it's that's what the story's about, and they're kind of uh, doing stuff inside of the that uh, that idea. Um, I, I guess I'd be. I'm surprised that for like, something. Do you think Get Out is subtle about racism? <laughs> well, well, but I think that the I think that the metaphor is more interesting than what the metaphor is here. Really, sure. like the the Get Out metaphor is kind of. Um, uh, there's no metaphor in Get Out that's as heavy-handed as the woman talk, the mother talking about how good the rain has been for her while it's flooding the apartments of the other people at the same time. Sure. That feels really heavy-handed. The fact that they, just the metaphor of they live in different levels of housing feels a little bit on the nose in some in some ways to me. Like I, I guess I was just surprised that some, a film that's getting such a claim for being so well-directed and everything like that it felt like if you were not as technically good at what he is and making movies like this, people would say, this is kind of hacky. Like, why is this so obvious? Hmm. You know what I mean? I was surprised by it. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think it's, I actually think it's closer to us than it is. Uh, Which I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Us is, yeah, I would, I would say us is a lot more similar to this than, than Get Out is. Uh, but you think you, Get you Out is su- better than us or you do think us is better than I, Get Out? I think Get Out is much better than us. Okay. Um, I think us is uh us is is got it going on for like the first two thirds and then it kind of takes a nosedive but mm-hmm. which is not what I think um, happens in this movie but I I, no. I understand what you mean yeah yeah uh I shouldn't say no it doesn't take a nosedive it just it just uh it over explains itself yeah and I and it does I think it ultimately does uh disservice to its own mystery and metaphor by over explaining exactly what's going on because it just makes you know opens up more questions and stuff yeah whereas i don't i don't think this does that i think they um they keep the the they keep it reined in as far as like the basement underneath the house and stuff like that to a point where it's believable that nobody would find it um and i i I, yeah so i think it's it's I kind of lost where I was going with that. But it's similar to us than it is Get Out, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you were just saying that you didn't... I I think that this the movie is... I don't know about us, but you can tell me if it's wrong. Th- this movie mm-hmm. is not really a mystery. So there's no, there's no, no sense that the reveal kind of undoes things, really. No, no. And so because of that, you don't... You don't feel let down if you don't really enjoy the ending or whatever, because I think that it just—it's a change in the movie halfway that kind of shifts the stakes and everything. But it doesn't really—you're never. Um, I, you know, I—I I don't even know if I would call it a change so much because all it's really—I mean, yes, obviously it's like a. There's a—they li- literally unearth another level of the story, but yes, another I, socioeconomic I think, class that is that is yeah. there, yeah. Well, I I don't find them that much different, though. I I I I think what it's revealing more than anything else is that the Kims are going about their business thinking that they're the smartest people in the world, mm-hmm. until they realize that there are other people doing the exact same thing, and then right, that but, that becomes a fight. Yes, but the, the Kims are winning 
to me. So therefore, the right. Kims are the Kims are the middle class of this society, sure. and the sure. the poverty people are the ones who can't get the job, and they're the ones who live in the basement. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, Which I mean, you know, I it, it they don't ultimately the Kims don't ultimately learn anything because of that. I don't think. Where it's like, I think it, I think probably what they're doing by revealing that subterranean level is revealing a is is essentially doing to the kims what the not doing to but like uh where 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 the parks don't really recognize that the kims uh socio and economic standing really exists or needs to be dealt with yep. the kims also don't understand or know about what the other families le- you know level is yeah i think it's it's varying the the middle class is uh, the the upper class is aware of the middle class in this one is how i would describe mm. it because they interact with them they're unaware of the lower class because they literally don't know that they exist but at the same time the lower class are the ones who are turning the lights on for them and things like right. that so they're relying on this ghost class that they don't acknowledge who is down there literally banging their head against the wall trying to do something right right and like I, so it's kind of an interesting movie because while I think it's super sledgehammery in some of its symbolism and metaphors, it's actually deeper than that in a lot of levels too. Like there is some, there is a a little bit of thought that you have to put in to kind of unpack what it, uh, is going on because they never really say this in the movie. But the subtlety is kind of covered up by very overt, unsubtle things, which is really interesting. And if it's in, if it's intentional, it's a very deft hand he had in making the movie. And again, I really like the movie. It's just, it's just a. Um, a mishmash of stuff that I was not really expecting from this, and that's what it turned into. Mm. One of the more interesting aspects, uh, elements of it that I uh, or details that I thought was uh, was kind of um, surprisingly, I don't know if scathing is the word, but uh, is how the guy in the in the in the sub basement has this sort of like um, godlike reverence for Park. Mm-hmm. The, the father yeah the basic you know this this super poor guy thinks that the super rich guy is like the you know the king of the world essentially um lights the path for him when he comes home yeah on the yeah i thought that relationship was really interesting uh as far as you know what what that represents as far as how poor people can how poor people might view some poor people might view rich people in a uh you know godlike manner yeah and they they tie it in by the uh the kids trauma is apparently he thinks he sees a ghost at some point, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. it's just him uh, dealing with the um the mental break. Uh, I forget what the term is, the, like the uh, the sort of mental holding two conflicting opinions at once. Where he he's never really acknowledged that there's this lower class, but he sees them for the first time and doesn't mm-hmm. know what they are. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of neat. I guess one of the kids' paintings. I didn't notice this, but I was reading it. The, one of the kids' paintings has a bloody pattern on the character that he painted like the guy does at the end from banging his oh, face really? on the, on oh, the wall. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. so there, there's, there's all this stuff going on, and I think it's really good, and the movie held my attention, and I think it has a lot to... I don't know if it has a lot to say uh, about the class structure, but I think it says it in a fairly interesting way that is metaphorically neat if not insightful at the same time so sure i was just surprised at the lack of insight into it but i do think the metaphor is kind of cool and fun and they change it up enough to keep you on your feet as to what you're expecting from the movie yeah and there's there's there's, uh an element of um the 
temporarily embarrassed millionaire uh, symptom or syndrome going through, which I which I enjoyed, which is that the 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 Kim family, they're always kind of like, well, when we get when we get our money or when this house is ours or when you marry the the, the daughter or even at the end when the, the son is like, I've got a plan, I'm going to get a bunch of money. Um, and it's this level of uh, not totally being uh, while being conscious of your standing, you're 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 you feel like it's a temporary setback instead of like the, the way hand you are. In fo- yeah. The, the way that it is. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, at the uh, at the end, I I got I was getting a little bit upset when they showed the bit where uh, the kid is buying the house and then the father comes up out of the basement because yes. I was like, oh man, it's a weird ending. They, if that's the ending, yeah, are they really? Is that really what they're going to sort of undercutting a lot of stuff here? And then of course they cut to it's just him writing a letter that's never going to happen yeah it's, I, it, it's a good dream sequence because the character yeah. is dreaming at that point or the commentary that the film is making at the this is all just a dream that the kid is right. going to have it's not yeah. he will possibly never be able to break out and buy or have enough money that he can literally free his father from the prison of the basement in this and um yeah it's it's sad it's a it's a sad ending on a, a movie that you don't feel is really the, like the tone of the initial half hour or hour or whatever really kind of feels like you're going to end up in some kind of ending where everybody wins sort of like it's got that mm. kind of like um happy go maybe not happy go lucky but it's got kind of like a jovialness to what's going on and the families are very funny and things like that but it, it turns much darker i thought i actually thought it was going to be more even more on the nose and have whatever uh fallout between the two lower class families happen and like all of them end up dead or something and the upper class family is just oblivious that anything even happened right you know yeah yeah um so i'm I'm glad that they didn't do that um i i'm really interested to know what min is gonna think when he gets back from studying abroad Because yeah. <laughs> uh, he 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 left a pretty tidy house, and that uh, a lot of stuff happened while he was gone for two months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um he didn't leave him in in good hands. I guess is is the daughter the only one that dies, right? Uh, uh from the family, yes, yes. Does, oh, does... and uh, well, the the daughter dies. The 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 underground people die. Oh, that's right. Um. It's unclear whether or not the son survived the the younger son because he had the uh, the seizure. Oh right, um, yeah, yeah. And they said you, there's only like you need to get him to a hospital in 15 minutes or something. They they never follow up on that. No, you don't. You don't see the uh, the parks after that scene. Right, they, they right. just move out. You you assume some of them are left because they sell the house, but uh, yeah, you don't know what exactly happened to the rest of them. Yeah, I um, I mean, technically, I think it's it's really kind of. Excellent. He's got a he has a great understanding of um pace and tone and everything like that. And I think the movie looks really nice and really um has a lot of different uh features to it. Like he he has a lot of different styles that he shoots and everything. And I think that he's really good at framing. He's uh, really good at sort of moving the camera. We just got done watching like Into Darkness and uh, Star Trek 29 uh, 2009 and it's nice to what's nice about this real ripe show is that it, we're not just watching the Star Trek movies. You can actually see right. like you can actually see what it means to make like a good movie out of things, right. which is I, something that we're not I remember really exposed what, to. 
I remember when we started that, it was like such a breath of fresh air. Where I was like, oh my God, I forgot how good movies yeah. were. <laughs> no, it's not just, <laughs> not just, uh, uh, <laughs> not just the, 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 the level of syndicated television. Yes. Yeah. No, it, and it's, there is a lot going on. I mean, do you, do you, I know that you haven't seen all the movies. Do you, did this feel while you were watching it like it's a best picture winner nominee? Um, yeah, I think it could be. Uh, I think. Did it ever give you that wow moment while watching? I never felt a wow moment. I had like a solid appreciation for it. I feel very much like when I, I mean, watched Roma for last year. Um, did, did that, what won last year? Uh, not Roma. Uh, Green Book. Green Book won. Green Book? Yep. Uh, I don't know. If, I, I think I haven't seen Green Book, but I'm going to say this is probably a better movie than this Green Book. This is a better movie than Green Book. Yes, it is. Green Book's not a bad movie, but Green Book is not a, an Academy Award winner, I wouldn't say. But it's, it's a B-plus of a movie. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I think in a different year... Well, I think it's a toss-up because I'd say it could, they could go this way because it's such an outside choice um but when you have in the same it's the same year as uh Martin Scorsese's probably final um gangster epic mm-hmm. and uh 1917 which is a uh, basically if save I haven't seen it yet but I'm going to assume it's Saving Private Ryan mixed with um The Revenant mm-hmm. as far as the way it's structured and and um and visually shot looks. and everything. Yeah. And you've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood which is a Quentin Tarantino movie about Hollywood, Hollywood. Yeah. and if there's one thing the Academy loves it's movies about Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. I it, it's funny because And the, Joker which I don't know. I can't see Joker winning but yeah, it leads nominations. It's, it's, one yeah, of, it's, one, it's, it's going to be one of those things. It leads nominations and wins one minor category, kind of. Um, although I guess Joaquin Phoenix is the favorite for winning actor or something. But we'll see. We'll be talking about that. I um, I just yeah. It, I mean, picking the best winner thing is always weird. I just don't know if this. I really I like. I was. This is kind of the praise from the movie. I was tired when I started watching it, and I woke up while I was watching it, which mm. hardly ever happens, with, with particularly with bad movies. You just like you kind of give up after a while and fall asleep. Sure. Uh, but this engaged me, kept me awake, but I never was watching it going like, oh, this, this is it. Like, what, what a movie right. we've got going here. So I don't, I don't know. But at the same time, I think it's, it depends how much the Academy rewards craft. Would you agree that this movie is is stronger in craft than maybe whatever the other thing that the Academy looks for. Like, I, I don't want to call it heart, but um, something like heart. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, probably. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I, I think the, the, so if I was going to pick two things that were against it, as far as the Academy goes, um, it's that it's not very flashy visually, it's. I mean, it's great. It looks amazing. It's very well directed. The cinematography is excellent, but it's not like it. it, it it's not splashy. It's, you know? it's subtle brilliance in in a way that right. the narrative yeah. is not. The filmmaking is subtly brilliant. Right. It's uh, the filmmaking is subtly brilliant versus you know Tarantino is kind of undeniable at this point. Nineteen Seventeen obviously has its thing. Uh, Joker is very clearly going for a certain aesthetic and like really drilling into that. 
the Irishman is Martin Scorsese doing whatever he does in some really ill-thought-out CGI. <laughs> um, can, CGI, but, can CGI ruin an otherwise very capable movie is Martin Scorsese's yeah. challenge. Have you seen the video where someone... Um, I haven't seen it cl- yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah, go ahead and explain. It was on the Star Trek show, so you might as well explain here what it oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, um, I forgot I brought it up previously. It's uh, uh, someone took clips from the Irishman and used free, open, open, uh, open source, deep fake technology to actually put younger faces of all the actors onto the characters in Irishman, and it looks a hundred percent better. Yeah, basically updating the CGI for their de aging makeup. Yeah, it really, it's really one of those things where it's like they spent a lot of money to do something that. You know, you probably could have done for twenty bucks if you found the right person on YouTube. They just needed the latest Windows update to come through and fix <laughs> yeah. everything for them. <laughs> Damn this Adobe um, After Effects! But uh, the other thing, um, so yeah, Parasite isn't super splashy, and also, you know, the acting in it is good, but I don't think the acting in it is so good that it's going to stand out among some of those other things like marriage story is like capital a acting from what i know of it i haven't seen it yet Mm. um seeing some blowback on that though actually i'm seeing a little bit of overacting blowback uh oh i'm sure yeah i'm sure it's full of it but you know it's it It has academy it has acting that the academy says this is acting sometimes yeah Yeah. yes exactly um you know and and so it's like the, the 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 acting is fairly subtle in this movie, and I don't know if that's a, a plus or a minus. But uh, it's tough because you know, it's foreign, it, you know. It's sure, yeah. Because it's I, al- it's always interesting. Um, uh, years ago, Jim mentioned this, and he's not wrong. Where it's it's I'm not saying that the acting in this is bad and or or anything because it's not. It's it is good, but there is a level of. Um, heightening of the perceived quality of it if you're reading the subtitles uh because you don't have that same sort of uh recognition of how a line is delivered yes that you do in english it's almost it's almost like the british accent effect where it's like oh well of course it's good he's british he sounds intelligent exactly yeah it's a similar kind of thing where you can watch a movie where the acting might not be as good as you think it is because you're not totally catching all of the uh, uh uh the all of what's happening because it's a language you're not familiar with so if you're reading it and the, the text sounds great but it might not be up to the that might be a higher level than what you're what you're actually being what is actually being said yeah i mean it's unfortunate there's no way to avoid it i'm not saying that you should be anti foreign dubbed or not dubbed but foreign subtitled in english no, films yeah. the 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 pro the the thing I was surprised. Is, I wish I wish more American movies had something like that that would make them better make them- <laughs> instantly. <laughs> the thing that's funny about this one is um, there's actually a, a, there was a surprising amount of dialogue. the The subtitles in some scenes move very quickly, and mm. like I, that's sometimes detrimental, especially to films like this, because as an American who can't hear and understand the language, I'm I'm spending. 80% of the time looking at the subtitle, like the bottom of the frame. And I, I, mm. I just don't have time to appreciate the entire thing. And it's probably a movie that re- would reward rewatches because because there is so much dialogue, you you aren't allowed to really absorb the entire thing. And I think on rewatch, you could probably ignore a lot of the subtitles at some point and just watch the movie as it's supposed mm. to be. I um, 
I thought the acting was, I thought the acting was good, and may, like I thought maybe the acting was in some cases better than the lines that they were given. So the fact that they sounded believable at all, even though it's in another language, helped me um, understand it. I suppose I think that I think that everyone's fairly. Um, I don't think there's a weak link in the cast. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice no. anyone that was wrong to be in there. No, I thought I thought the whole the, everybody in the family was great. Um, I thought the daughter Jessica or whatever her you know non anglicized name was. I don't remember. Yes, I, uh, I, I thought can't. she. I thought she was great. She she has one scene when she's been drinking and is laying on the couch. I couldn't tell if she was doing a good drunk impersonation. Yeah, I was having trouble there too. Yeah, yeah, and I don't uh, know if that's like a, a cultural. She sounded very anime esque at the yeah. to me, <laughs> and I don't know if that's offensive or if that's like how uh, stereotypical. Uh, drunken women are supposed to be portrayed in Asian culture or something. Who knows? But I, yeah. that was the one line that stuck out to me is not quite hitting the mark. Mm. And the the dad is great. He's he's been in a bunch of uh, of uh, this guy's movies. Yeah, uh, he's 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 consistently good in all of them. Um, and you know, I think you're right though. I think there's a certain point, more or less, after you kind of get the setup, where you don't even. The the story, visual storytelling and, and and the action is is portrayed so well. I don't even think you need to read the subtitles to get exactly what's going on. Yeah, once you know yeah. once you know the specifics, you can probably ignore the the words at that point. The yeah. words don't so become I, important. So I bet it is. I bet it it does actually hold up better on rewatch because you probably don't need to focus on that stuff as much. Yeah, yeah. I um, I did. I I did. I did like it. It, it. This is one of those movies. I don't know if, like, in a week from now, if you ask me whether or not I've this has gone up or down in my estimation, I'm not really sure. When I when I watched it last night, I thought that was pretty good. Then I mm-hmm. thought about it this morning. I was like, I don't know if that's as good as I thought it was. And then I thought about it this afternoon before we started recording. I was like, no, it's better than I thought it was. So I, I'm kind of <laughs> swinging all over the place. And um, it's probably just the mark of a good movie, I guess, if you actually have to think about things that much. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing... The worst thing that can happen to a movie or any piece of art really is you just forget it as soon as you finish it. Yeah. Or you hang it on the wall and ask uh, other people to interpret. I, I I think that's a good thing to to focus on before we head out of here is just the um I think one of the things that they do the metaphor the the metaphor of the story at least in how it works for me is the disconnect between the classes, which I think mm-hmm. they portray very very well. Yeah. I I think particularly the wealthy family is played as, as you're saying, they're not really villains, but they are out of the loop enough where it's not their fault that they're doing sort of villainous actions, which I think right. is important and right. I think is a interesting metaphor, a way to approach uh, the wealthy class and how they deal with the underclasses and things like that. I The the one thing that I think is maybe maybe not even lacking, I guess you could say this, is that you you don't get the sense that there are a great number of the underclass, interestingly. Like, they, they kind of do that through the two families that are battling with each other. Uh, but you don't get the sense that the, this upper crust is a very limited in number thing uh, in terms of the numbers of the lower class or anything like that, which you probably don't really need. But I yeah, also... I, I guess... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I guess it, as far as number of people on screen, you're probably right, because there's really not that many people on screen. But, I mean, they do... You know that that whole walk back home afterwards. They they they. Yeah, you walk by a lot make, more. Make it. 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that they walk by that's that's clear that there's a, a lot of people. But yes. but yeah, as far as actual number of people on screen, you're right. And people literally pissing on on each other. Yes, <laughs> down, yeah. down in the basement. And yeah, and the the class battle. You know, as much as I was really interested in the fact that the. Uh, the early part sort of portrays the Kims as the more Weasley of the group. I do like the fact that they go to battle with the lower class people, the people of the basement, uh, on the in the way through the movie. And I think that that was a really interesting decision. Instead of having them, you know, team up or something, and then the movie ends with them right. assuming the mantle of the parks. It's a much more uh, sad, realistic, tragic type ending that goes to it. I think the one thing that that I found kind of interesting is that. Um you know because the kims are portrayed as as sort of opportunistic um but they uh i was surprised that they uh, there's they're portrayed as opportunistic but they don't start out really that way you know they're they're just trying to do what they have to do um but they don't they're not coming off as like bad people no they come across as overly educated which is probably intentional they come across yeah. as um and that comes through in their scheme. Their scheme is very effective, and they're good. At, they're very good. At, it's either they're very good at pretending to be educated, or the rich people are so out of the loop that they have no idea what educated means to them. Right. You know. Right. Um. So yeah, they're, they're not portrayed as like bad people. They're just they're smart. They're trying to keep their family together. And so I once they start the scheme and they really get into it. I was actually really surprised that at no point do any of the family members object to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was no one. Like they don't even like for a second go like, ah, maybe we shouldn't do this. Or once they get into it, there was no dissenting member who was like, ah, this is, you know, this is one thing we've all gotten jobs, yeah, through nefarious means, sure, but we're getting good paying jobs now. Maybe let's dial it back, or do we really need to do X? It's a, um, it's a little bit like I guess the metaphor there would be it would be like going to a job interview and feeling bad for the people who didn't get the job when you do. Sure, you know, which is yeah. they're they're a little bit more cruel in this because they actively set out to fire people from their positions so that they can assume it. But it's it is just the um, it's just the cutthroat nature of needing the jobs. They have that fairly on the nose line of like there's 500 people applying for a janitor position. Like you got to be lucky with right. what you get. And so that's the mentality I think that they're playing into. Yeah, which is fine. But at the same time, I- I'm surprised that no one really changes even towards the end, except for the son who uh, doesn't really change his mind as much as he's going to kill those two people with a giant rock. <laughs> um, the rock of wealth. What is that rock called? It's called a um, yeah, it's scholar's uh, rock. Something, scholar's yeah, rock. Scholar's rock. Um, but you know, there's no moment until essentially the the father has to choose between keeping pressure on his daughter's mortal wound and throwing the the Park family the keys to the car. Yeah, that he really kind of takes stock of what he's done Um, oh i didn't even get that uh that point i guess that's that's what the decision is there yeah okay i wondered why he threw the key okay i i understand i mean maybe that's me um uh, being an idiot there but i i was wondering why he threw the keys and why they focused on it's because only one can be saved right okay all right and then he immediately feels bad about it and kills the guy (laughs) (laughs) Um, makes the right decision yeah. Um but yeah, like I, I was a little surprised that, that no one no one in the family kind of objected at any point to what they were doing or showed any sort of like uh deep into it 
remorse or anything. Um, which is probably I don't know if it if I would change that, but it's the one thing that I found I was surprised was not in it. Were you surprised that um I was a little bit surprised that there is no moment where their con almost unravels. Besides the fact that when they when they're hiding in the house and they're trying to escape, but they, there's no scenes where the the wealthy family starts to be like ask questions that they're not right. sure of what's going on. They they play it very much as a farce in that case. Yeah, where the, the yeah, family's the closest, just in. The closest they come is when the 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 uh, former maid is, almost sends him the video of, of right. all of them in the basement. <laughs> you know, they, the, they treat a send button like a loaded gun in that yeah, scene. I which thought is that really was funny. great. Yeah, that's the um, the other thing is yeah, just the um, the relative. It's just an interesting commentary on like where wealth sits right now. Like where mm. the poorest of the poor in this movie, everyone has a cell phone. You know, right. it's like a, you know, when you think of poor people, you don't necessarily think of that. But you know the. Relative to some of the really actually poor countries in the world, countries like South Korea and America, the poor are relatively well off. It's just a, uh, it's this you know this thing of we all have this tech now. It's like the tech has just become so important to your life that you can't exist with it uh, without it, even if you don't have the money to afford it. Yeah, I mean they're in the they're living in their basement apartment, fighting for a Wi-Fi signal so they can get an update about the shitty job that they have. Yep, you know? yep, <laughs> folding um, pizza boxes. Yeah. The uh, I was also surprised. Well, I don't know if I was surprised, but it was a, a weird detail to include um, the thing about the former maid's face being all busted up, mm-hmm. and she's you know kind of she's got a split lip and looks like she got beat up or something. And the husband asked her what happened, and she's like, "Ah, don't worry about it." Yeah, I don't really know why they even did that or what the point of of having her busted up like that was. No, I'm not sure. What's the Am I misremembering when that happens? Why, why, why is she busted when, up? Do you know? Though they, they never say. She shows up at the uh, at the house in the rain, and then when she comes in, um, they put, she goes down into the basement, and then they go down into the sub basement where she sees her husband. And then when she's talking to her husband, her husband's like, "What happened to your face?" And he's like, "Ah, don't oh, is worry it, about it." But is she busted up when she comes, or is she busted up when she falls trying to push the shelf out of the way? Oh, maybe it's that. I may, I might have missed that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what it. I think she hits her face when she tries to I, push the thing. I think I thought uh, because the because of the rain and that the camera was not super flattering uh, at the doorbell. Oh, she had like black I, eyes or something. It looked like yeah, her, I yeah. thought she looked like she had gotten roughed up or something i could be maybe i'm wrong maybe it is because when she fell down pushing the thing open yeah that makes more sense <laughs> which is a a darkly comic beat for I, I laughed when that happened i don't think you're supposed to but it's a very yeah. they played it very funny it's physically very funny looking uh i think we're done with this one we're this is parasite 99 percent. it's the best rated of the 2020 oscar films and we're going to be back with joker which is the lowest rated which is at 69 or 70 percent. i think mm. all right and you've seen that one haven't you I have, yes. I, I have not seen Joker yet, so I'll be the first time watching that one. Uh, although I was reading a review that these movies are actually share some similarities between the two of them, including a, uh, a patient uh, who cannot stop laughing for medical reasons. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it, it takes up about 30 seconds in Parasite, but is like the, the crux basis. of the character in Joker. So. <laughs> Just Compare coming at, at your points. own peril, I suppose. But no, I guess that I guess you could say it's about class struggle, though. Right? Yeah, Both of them. it is. Yeah, yeah, Joker is very much about class struggle. So I think there's you could say that there is a uh, they're similar, but uh, the the Kim family are a lot more um, industrious than uh, Arthur Fleck is in Joker. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that. 
uh, without seeing it, but that makes sense to me. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thanks to our patrons. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Lipensky file if you're so inclined. Much appreciated. A couple dollars a month and you get extra stuff. And our Captain Tier shout-out happens now. Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Captain Court, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Moss, David Beardmore, David Cage, Wayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, HS28, Yarpy, Jeffrey Koch, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Reyes, Kyle Barrett, Matt Courier 6, Matt Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Elliott, Samuel Custer, Grim Santo, Sean Spinobi, Tark Latif, Tom Hiles, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much. Let us know what you guys thought about Parasite. It's a good movie. It's very interesting. I would recommend everyone watch it, um, which is not something I said for Bohemian Rhapsody. This isn't the worst of the year, but I, I'll base everything against Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, going forward. Yeah, um, that's fair. It's uh, You'd recommend this one, right? This is worth oh, watching. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Um, I wouldn't be yeah. upset if this you know, won. That's No, the, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. like Maybe I don't think it deserves to win, but I would not be upset if this won, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I mean honestly, it's. I would say it has the it has a great chance, if only because everything else in the category is kind of like a cliche best picture movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the middle aged white guy car movie. Uh, you've got the the mobster epic remake of the, uh, old classic Little Women. Y- yeah, you've got the uh, high drama uh, melodrama marriage story you've got war the movie. war movie yep. you've got the hollywood movie you've got whatever joker is and uh you, <laughs> the, and the black Jojo panther Rat- of last year yeah, I suppose. yeah. no do you think joker is better than black panther oh boy you know how to answer that question without getting if i said you had to watch one movie right now which one would you pick Ooh. uh if i had to re-watch one honestly probably joker yeah I think I a Joker. Okay, all things being equal, you know, let's take internet controversy out of it for a second. Sure, just uh, on pure movie watching level, right there. Yeah, I think that they're very different movies. Like just because they're not, just because they're both comic book properties, does not put them really on the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Joker is probably a bit better of a movie. I have to assume Joker is more interesting than Black Panther is. Like Black Panther is yeah. a good movie, but I don't think any of the MCU movies are. I wouldn't say any of the MCU movies are interesting, which is different from entertaining. But mm-hmm. that would be my sense without having ever, ever seen Joker. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more uh, fascinating uh, filmmaking and uh, character work being done in Joker than Black Panther. Probably yes. Well, we'll see when we get to it. That one will be out soon because we've got to finish this before the Oscars happen. But thank you very much, guys, for listening. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, no, I don't think so. We've got a, a Rotten Horror Picture Show should be starting up pretty soon, if not already, when this comes out. I'm not sure when this yeah, comes out. Yeah, the first one should be out by the time this one comes out. And that's uh, the Horror Movie Podcast with me and Amanda. We'll recover the movies off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. We're starting with number 101, The Shining. Yeah. So you guys can check that out. Go to thepenskyfile.com and then click on the Rotten Horror Picture Show. Do, show. do we have a B-roll for uh No, we were, thinking, we were thinking about it. I don't know which one I would like to watch. I was going to wait until we see what these two movies end up feeling like and then go for what uh, hits us in the right mood, I guess, for the third sure. one. Sure. Do, you, do you have any candidates? Uh, my, f- I don't really think I want to watch The Irishman again. No, I don't, I don't want to watch that again. Um, but I would 
do my I keep I'm just I keep staring at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so that feels like it might be the one for me. I think that it's either that for oh, I think we talked about it. It's either Once Upon a Time or Marriage Story would be the two that I yeah. would suggest watching. Same. Yes. That, I, oh yeah, that's because I said I don't know if I'd watch Marriage Story otherwise. Yeah. So maybe maybe that one. Yeah. Everyone everyone says Ford and Ferrari is the good competent movie that doesn't really deserve to be there. Kind of. It's like sure. the, yeah, it's that. I'm not really Irishman is five hours long. Don't need that. Jojo Rabbit doesn't really tickle my interest uh, in any way. Mm-hmm. Little Women, not particularly interested. So yeah, it's either the, either of those two. I think 1917. I'm just not in the mood for a war story. I don't think, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll see how Parasite does at the 92nd Academy Awards, and we'll be back with uh, Joker in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks very much. See you.